Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hello, ladies. Hello, hello. Hi, Nikki. Hello. Um, as always, I am joined by my co-host, the fabulous Kate Sitars. Hello, Kate. Hello. Hello. And today we are joined by copywriter, CCA student, CCA Next Level member, Melissa Russell. Hi, Melissa. Hello. Hello. Um, we are very excited to sit down and chat with you today. Um Kate and I kind of know your story, maybe even a little bit more than both, more than most, just because we have the opportunity to uh, to work with you in the CCA, but also in CCA Next Level. Um, but it's also a, a good story, and I think a story that's going to be inspirational too for our students. Um, so let's go all the way back to the beginning. Um, how did you decide to get into copywriting? Uh, well, the blame lands fully on you for that. Nikki. Um, I saw one of your Facebook ads, like so many people. And I, I think I went through like the video, the video training, and then I went away and I had to look at like other copywriting training and looked at a few different ones and then came back around to you and went, yes, this is, this is the one I want to do. And That's awesome. What was it? Um, what was it about copywriting? Did you kind of have copywriting in your head first, or were you inspired at that point? Um, so I was actually I was already starting to think about freelancing. Um, my background is not in anything remotely similar to this, um, but I was in a job that I'd been in for a while. Really liked the job, but there wasn't it wasn't going anywhere in particular. And I felt it was time for a change, a few different reasons for that, which I'm sure we will dig into um, a bit later on. Um, but yeah, so I'd already been looking at freelancing as an option and was trying to kind of think through, OK, what are my skills? What am I naturally good at? What can I get some training in? Um, and that's when your ad popped up. 
Um, so like many people who see your ads, no, I did not know what copywriting was. <laughs> um, but thank you for enlightening me because I love it. Yay! Um, I'm curious, if, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, um, what was your background and what was it about wanting a career change and what was fueling this desire to kind of find something new? Since I think a lot of people are in that same position of like, all right, my job's fine, but like things start nagging you and yeah, tell us. Um, yeah. Um, so for me, um, I was in a really interesting job, actually. Um, I was working for social services in my local area and specifically working with people who families with children who are at risk of becoming homeless um, or people with immigration issues. So it was really fascinating. I learned an awful lot of stuff about like very niche bits of British immigration law and housing law. Um, and I got to run a lot of training for my colleagues, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, there were a few different things. Um, so one thing that, yeah, again, I'm sure will come up at one point. Oh, I have some health issues that mean that um, it can be hard for me sometimes to stick to a timetable and working on my own schedule was something that was really attractive. There were a couple of push factors from my job just in terms of having kind of reached a ceiling of how far I could go in that. Um, but yeah, I also just wanted to, I've always wanted to start a business, never really had a clear idea of what I wanted to do and thought, you know what, this is the moment to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like we hear that from, from a lot of our students who, who it's not necessarily that they, they hated their previous career, but they, they gave all that they had to give. You know, we have uh, a a decent amount of teacher, a decent number, I should say, of, of teachers who are CCA students. And, you know, mm -hmm. in, in the social services realm, I would think it's from the outside to me, both of those careers. And we also have some nurses and some medical professionals. All of those careers seem like careers where you you have to give. You're, you are constantly giving of your energy and your time and your emotion. And that is a beautiful thing but it also makes sense that there's only there's only so much that you can give and so long that you can give um so i think it's it's a credit to you that you didn't try to push yourself beyond that but you said all right i i have given what i could give and made the difference that i could make now i have to move on to something else it's not going to take from me in that way so good for you yeah yeah, thank you. Um, I like to joke that I started a business because I needed a break. <laughs> so, and sure. it has been. Yeah. It's been like it's had a a very different set of stresses, a very different set of kind of learning curves. But it has been a break, and it has been really good for me. And um, I'm planning to continue, not like a break, and then I'm gonna go back again. But uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and so what have been some of, and we'll get into, you know, your, where you went and, and the, the experiences you've had with landing clients and, and all of that kind of thing. But since you mentioned it, what have been some of the biggest learnings or biggest growth opportunities you've experienced? Ah, oh, that is a good question. And there have been so many, um, I think one big one um, is one I've been thinking about recently because I've been a bit more active on LinkedIn recently um, is that kind of fear around putting yourself out there. Um, so I think back to this time last year when I was first getting started on LinkedIn and I was kind of going, oh, but if I post this, like what will people think? Like people will judge me and, you know, someone I know might read this. 
and that would be terrible whereas now I just I'm just not thinking on that level anymore I'm going like is this going to be useful to people is it going to achieve you know the goals I have for it and just putting it out there um and yeah I was taking part in a LinkedIn content challenge last week and just seeing the difference in comfort levels between different people of how ready they were to just get on and do that um so for me that's been a big thing I think also um kind of rediscovering how competent I can be um that like I gained a lot of skills in my old job and and I was a bit burnt out when I left that job not like extreme burnout but yeah like I said I needed a break and just kind of rediscovering oh wait I I'm good at showing up and chatting with people I'm good at connecting with people like networking events or um zoom calls and this comes naturally I can do this Mm -hmm. um yeah it's been really good yeah. Well, and I think that speaks to the idea too. That so few people who get into copywriting have any kind of, of marketing or certainly not copywriting background, really only some very small percentage have writing backgrounds, but which I know sometimes people worry about, but there are key elements, key traits that you have developed in all of us have developed in previous careers that translate really well to copywriting, being able to, to have conversations with new people and to make them feel comfortable and make them, um, make them be willing to open up and share with you. Uh, I'm sure served you very well in your previous career and certainly serves you just as well in copywriting. Yeah. So good for you. So I'm curious when, when did you start like timeframe? When did you first land your clients? Bring us through that kind of the beginning of the copywriting journey. Yeah. So I originally joined the CCA in, I think around November of 2020. And I spent quite a lot of time. So I was working around my day job, which was only part-time. Um, but like I mentioned, I have some health issues, so I couldn't do loads on top of that. Um, so I was kind of spending some of my spare time going through the modules, learning, going through the practice sheets, spending lots of time in the Facebook group. Um, and I got to January and I was like, OK, I've got got a sense of this and I'm going to jump in like like Nikki says, just to kind of get out there, start looking for clients. And um, so I had uh, two weeks off in January of 2021, spent the first week just having a week off and the second week building my portfolio website. Um, and then I started looking for clients. And again, um, what I found was because I didn't have loads of capacity and I was kind of having to concentrate on my day job first. Um, it took me a really long time to get that ball rolling. Um, and I actually landed my first client in June of 2021. And over that summer, I did three, I think it was, small projects that just brought in a little bit of money. And for me, that was good enough. That was proof, okay, um, people will pay for me to do this. This is good. And I'm ready to go. And I had a slight change in my job description at that point that meant that suddenly I had to give two months notice instead of one month. And I was like, this is it. I need to just go for it before it's too late. So I handed in my notice. Um, Finished my job at the end of September 2021 and went full time into uh, copywriting from October. Um, lovely little timing thing in there. So my very first client who I'd done a small project for in June, um, I'd repitched her for something new. Um, and she came back to me on the day that I finished my day job 
I went home that afternoon and had an email from her confirming that we were going ahead with a regular um, agreement, which meant that my rent would be covered, um, which was such a good place to start from. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and then, yeah, fast forward to now. Um, I, I've been busy. I've <laughs> done quite a few different things, quite a few projects in that time. And um, I've also had, you know, I've had COVID once. I've had various other health things happening again in the last year. Um, and that's meant that it's felt quite slow. But sitting where I am now and looking back to where I was a year ago, I, I was having a chat actually this morning with a client who I started working with about this time last year. Um, and just saying exactly that, I feel like I have so much more to offer and so much more uh, understanding of kind of how marketing works in general, of what my role in it is, of how I can help clients. And um, yeah, that's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. And you are full-time and- freelance now, right? I am. Yeah. yeah. I work, I'm, I don't work full time. I work kind of 20 to 25 hours a week. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good and for then, you though. Cause that's less than a year though, from starting to leaving your full time. Like that's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call that slow by any means. That's awesome. That's such an achievement. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the stories of people who jumped straight from, mm-hmm. I think it's Adele who left her day job and had replaced her income within six weeks or something like that um so I'm sure you can listen back to her episode (laughs) on the podcast um going back a bit um and we hear these stories and they're really inspiring um but I think that for most of us things do take a little bit more time and actually part of the reason why I wanted to come on the podcast was to be like hey this doesn't have to be this sort of throw yourself out there and start hitting those big numbers right away this can be a career that you pick up gradually that you gradually improve in and yeah for me my income is sort of going up gradually it's not it's not whizzing up sky high right away but it's yeah it's on the up and that is a good place to be again Mm -hmm. I keep Mm -hmm. saying that I'm in a good place there we go (laughs) well I mean that's awesome we always talk about you know your number is individual to you what do you you know the mm-hmm. fact that you're like I can cover my rent with this one client that's that's awesome what a good feeling mm-hmm. um and so I think you know yes some of these numbers are impressive and if it's what you want to achieve great but if it's not what you want to achieve mm-hmm. that, that's okay too mm-hmm. so. yeah yeah everybody's journey is is unique and that might sound like a little bit of a cliche but it can be hard to remember that especially when we're working we think oh that person's doing it so much faster or the thing is is that you know a year a year can say oh it's going to take me a year to be a full-time freelancer um which is kind of technically your story but you also had some full-time work in there anyway but just even the the concept of a year oh a year is so long but you know the thing is a year is going to pass anyway. So at the end of the year, you can either still be in that full-time job going, oh, why am I still doing this? I need to find something else. Or you can start moving toward that new career, that copywriting career. And at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. have made progress. It's going to pass no matter what. It's we get to choose how we spend that time. Yeah. It's also one year in the context of like what, 50 working years of our lives. Like, Mm -hmm drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so working 20, 25 hours, have you gotten yet to the, and if you're, you don't want to share this perfectly fine, um, but have you gotten to that same income level you were working at your full-time job or roughly there? Um, 
Oh, I actually, I replaced my income three months after I started. So let's be clear, I was working in a part-time council job, local government. It's not like big bucks. Um, but yes, um, I got back to where I had been um, and I was looking through my numbers for 2022 at the end of last year. Um, and over 2022, I made 50% more than I would have made um, in my previous job. So wow. looking forward to seeing what 2023 has to hold. Yes, that's awesome. Congratulations, I would, like, yeah. Just to give you full credit, though, I would like to just step back there, step actually to like three minutes ago where you're like, you know, you hear those stories where people replace their <laughs> income in just like just a little while. And that's not every story. That's you. Ever. <laughs> full credit to you, Melissa. Yeah. You well, replaced you. your income in three months, and that's fantastic. It really, you should be applauded for that. You should be applauded for everything, for your entire journey, for taking okay. action, for getting started. But don't discount the fact that that's a big win. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think what I really appreciate from you um, is that kind of constant focus on actually just taking the next step. And, you know, you kind of, if you're at the start of that journey, you're going, wow, this, this feels like such, so much I need to do so much I need to cover. But actually, if you start taking those steps and like, I remember listening to you say this when I was just starting out and being like, ah, oh, is she right though? Does it really work? <laughs> um, but yes. And then celebrating, stopping to celebrate um, those wins as well. Um, it gets really hard. Um, I think we were talking about this in the next level group recently. You kind of, you set a goal, you set a milestone and then you get there and you just kind of forget to stop and celebrate it because you're already thinking about the next thing. You're already going, okay, well, what, what's my next project? What's my next goal? Who's my next client going mm -hmm. to be? Um, and yeah, just remembering and having the discipline actually to sit down and go, oh, I've achieved the thing. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back and you know tell my mom and just generally appreciate that this is how far I've come mm -hmm. yeah I saw something on I think it was I had to have been on Instagram but it was this couple that writes all of their goals on a bunch of champagne bottles so it's like things we want to accomplish this year and they write the goal and so once they accomplish that goal then they drink the bottle of champagne so putting that out there to CCA folk write your goals in a sharpie of like you know hit a, you know, whether it's income or landed my 50th client or whatever, not 50th. I don't think I've had 50 clients in my entire career, but uh, nonetheless, bottle, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hit that. I have a lot of repeat clients, <laughs> but either way. Yeah. Right. So I was like, maybe I should do that. Cause then at least you have a physical, I've got to stop and drink this to celebrate that yeah. win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's so yeah. practical. Right. Yeah like unavoidable it's it's written there and I've done that so you have yeah. to yeah have to stop, you know? <laughs> yeah although knowing myself I think I would cheat that a little bit I'd have big goals on some champagne bottles and then have small goals like remember to take out the garbage this morning pop got halfway through the year pop got to Thursday yep well, and the small goals are important too. The small this wins are true. important too. They're the, they're the ones that add up into the big wins. So. Did my taxes. Actually, that I might put that on one. Yeah, that, that might be definitely worth it. Yes. Yeah. Now, Melissa, um, and you certainly don't have to share too much, um, but we know that uh, your 
ability to work has been limited by some Mm -hmm. health issues. Um, And we've had the opportunity to interview other or work with and interview other CCA students. Dorothy is among group who has the same challenge. Um, But we also know there are plenty of listeners and plenty of CCA students who who have those similar experiences. Um, What can you share with us in terms of any hesitations you had going into it and and how you deal with it now? Um, Yeah, so um, I have a similar health condition to Dorothy. I believe it's the same thing. I don't have a diagnosis because it's really fun trying to convince people to give you a diagnosis for, you know, generally vague inability to do stuff. Um, But yeah, so for me, it's a lot of... um, physical fatigue and exhaustion and brain fog that goes along with that um and so if if I do anything that's too physically challenging it can take me out for a few days and then if I just do too much overall which is why that kind of 20 to 25 hours is like my sweet spot of how much I can do and actually be focused and not then exhaust myself um for the following week so actually probably my biggest win for 2022 was getting um uh, basically like getting on the waiting list to get a diagnosis and I'm hoping that in 2023 I will get one um so I'm looking forward to that but overall I would say um it has been yeah just really good for me to have the freedom to just sort of when I recognize that I'm starting to get near my limits to say, well, that's it. I'm stopping. I'm I'm CEO of this business and I can give myself the day off if I need it. Um, yeah, so I've worked a bit with a business coach, a business and mindset coach over the last few months. Um, and one of the things that she's constantly underlining to me is when you take the rest, then you see that you actually come back quicker and you're able to do more overall. And that idea of resting first and working from a place of rest is one that is so countercultural and one that I think contributes to a lot of um you know whether you have health issues or not to a lot of burnout and a lot of people driving driving themselves forward from kind of a place of exhaustion um so I think there's so much to be said for for that rest first work after but psychologically it's very hard when you know you have those deadlines you know you have those income needs it's really hard to make that choice and go no actually I've got my priorities the wrong way around and I need to start with the rest I need to start with the timeout mm-hmm. yeah and I think that that is is um obviously something that you have to give yourself you have to give yourself that rest um uh, well, I was going to say, which is, but it's not different from any other freelancer. Other freelancers just tend to think that it's not, well, I can just push myself indefinitely, but it's, it's learning. And literally today I'm listening to you and going, oh, I really, cause I've pushed off some projects and I thought, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll catch up on them on the weekend. And that's, that's not how any of us should be operating. We do need to, to build in that rest. It's so tempting, no matter how you freelance or or what you're doing to just say yes to projects. Yes. And just amass as much as you possibly can, because it's, but I also think that that first of all, it doesn't give us the chance to rest. 
And it's also coming from a mentality of, if I don't do this now, who knows when I'm going to get my next client, right? Mm -hmm. Except that the way clients come to us is not from, it's not from happenstance. It's not from kismet. It's not from luck. It's from setting the wheels in motion earlier, right? It's from pitching. And even the 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 fact that your client reached out to you on the day that you left your, your job is a, a wonderful serendipitous moment. But at the same time, she didn't fall out of the heavens. You had re-pitched mm-hmm. her for another project. So there is, the, I think one of the great things about being a freelancer and, and knowing, following a value-based pitching system the way that, that you do and that we teach is that mm-hmm. you are in control. You know, you're never going, oh gosh, I hope more clients come in. Gee, I hope they do. We always have the ability to to bring in clients no matter what. Yeah. And I think actually being able to, having kind of tested out some of that process and seeing that again, like we were talking about before, you take the steps and you get the results um, has actually been really helpful for me. Yeah. So what other tips would you give? And you've already given a lot, but what other tips would you give to people who are are in this process? Maybe they're starting to dip their toes into working with clients. They're feeling nervous about it. Maybe they're feeling that lack of confidence. Um, what, what advice would you give them? Um, I mean, I think one thing is just, it does get easier. And specifically that putting yourself out there, um, it can feel really personal at first. Like when you pitch someone and you don't get a reply, that can feel like this deep rejection and it it just isn't. Um, And I think, yeah, I've been so much more aware of that recently. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to try and get creative with how I speak to this person. Like, oh, oh, they didn't open it. Oh, well, too bad. Um, But that's okay. yeah, I think we can get so in our heads about it. It does get easier. The first one sucks. The second one still sucks. Keep going. <laughs> and yeah, so I think another thing that I find very helpful uh, to think about is balancing kind of how much risk you're taking alongside common sense about preparing properly. And um, so for me, I don't need very much income and I don't I have a lot of flexibility that comes from that. There aren't other people who are reliant on me for income. Um, so that's given me more freedom to make slightly riskier, slightly riskier choices. But if you're not able to do, to take the kind of bigger risks, like leaving your job like I did, um, then there are still smaller things that you can do to get started. So take the risk of putting yourself out there. Take the risk of, you know, telling people that you're getting into this new career, telling people, um, you know, pitching people, putting up that website with that old photograph of you from that one time that is the least terrible one you could find um, and get started and take those steps that you can take. Um, But at the same time, you don't need to run into things before you're ready for them. Yeah. Is that helpful? Yeah, it definitely is. I think, um, I think one of the things that Kate and I talk about is that we really hate the piece of advice or the maxim, whatever the, of jump and the net will appear. And I think that's kind of similar to what you're saying is, is 
yeah, jump, but make sure there's a net down there mm-hmm. or don't even jump. Why don't you just climb down, climb down. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. Which is, which is, I think that what you did even, yes, you, you, you left your full-time job, but you were mm-hmm. pitching clients and you had clients that you had worked with and were working with. And so you, you took the leap but you had already built yourself a pretty stable net and you knew how to keep building that net. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that's a really great piece of advice. Nobody needs to go, all right, I, I took this course. Now I'm going to quit my full-time job. I haven't had a client yet, but I'm going to be a full-time freelance copywriter as of tomorrow. And it's 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 not necessary. You can take these steps and you will get there as long as you keep taking the steps. I completely mm-hmm. agree. I think that's some wonderful insights to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the idea of small risks, mm-hmm. that idea of it mm-hmm. feels risky to tell your family and friends that you're a copywriter, but yeah, on the scale of, you know, small risk to jumping off a cliff, it's exactly. I think yeah. if, if I may be so bold, be I'm going to um, have a little force, a little coaching moment on you. Oh, exciting. And I'm going to ask if risk is really the most apt word. Mm. Is there really a risk or is it more discomfort? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of fear about what people will think but is is it actually a risk is something going to blow up in your life if you tell your friends that you are now a copywriter is something is what's what's the terrible thing that's going to happen a risk is is there a risk to life and limb if you send a pitch or just something to think about. It's a risk for, to the ego, really. I feel like it's an ego. It's all ego, right? Like exactly. But it's even not still, a physical. What is the risk to the ego? And I, I am forcing this upon you, Melissa. Not uh, not just for you, um, but for for really all of our students, because uh, I think it can be. Our brains want to conflate things that are truly that truly risk us life and limb with mm-hmm. things that make us uncomfortable. There is a, a literal part of our brain, and I know that you know this, but for those who have not uh, learned this yet, there's a literal literal part of our brain, the oldest part of our brain that is built to keep us safe. Used to be safe from predators, but because we don't have those predators anymore, anything that takes us outside of our comfort zone, it throws up signals going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, stop, stop, stop. You're in trouble, danger. And so sometimes when we feel that voice, it feels like it's risk to life and limb. But when we actually look at what is literally the worst that could happen, it's not all that risky. It's just, it's just uncomfortable. Like you Mm -hmm. could tell a friend that you're going to become a full-time copywriter and they might say something like, Ooh, are you sure that's a good idea? Now, is that uncomfortable? Is that unfortunate? Absolutely. Sure. You want all of your friends to be like, yes, good for you. And I'm sure plenty of them will. But is it is it truly risky to yourself, your livelihood, your life? 
probably not. So pardon me for, for forcing that upon you, but I just wanted to, because I know that this comes up a lot for our students and our listeners. And I just, I would, I would love us all to, and I, there's certainly places that I have to work on this in my own life, but love us all to, to just examine the words that we use to describe things and to mm-hmm. get as accurate as we possibly can with these. Because when we start thinking of things that we, when we start changing how we label things, like for example, um, when we're recording this, we're in the middle of Pitchapalooza, which you know, Melissa is a big mm-hmm. fun student pitching event and, and uh, free student event. And um, one of the things that we'll be talking about is this, the concept of, well, pitching is hard. Let's examine this label. Is it actually hard? I would say lifting up a car is is hard. I would say building the transcontinental railroad railroad is hard. But actually writing an email and then clicking send is not hard. It might be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. might be a little bit scary, but it's not hard. So apologies for going on this tangent, mm-hmm. but I did just want to to encourage us all. Um, and I'm certainly thank you, Melissa, for being gracious enough for me to to gently coach you in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I am coaching myself on and Kate will coach me and I will coach her everybody, um, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. But it's I think it's worthwhile for all of us to to be as precise as we can in describing things, especially when it's things that, that we don't like, or that we perceive as negative, Mm -hmm. or we perceive as scary. Yes. Well, not to continue the, well, to continue this, (laughs) but thinking as you talk about it, it's really the emotions, right? We start feeling some sort of emotion, whether it's discomfort, whether when we say it's hard, we, we have a fear or it does, it feels it feels hard. So not to discount those emotions, but to feel it and say, okay, this feels like something that's new and difficult and discomforting. And I'm unsure of it. And it's unclear because I've never done it before. So recognizing that to stop and say, oh, I'm feeling all of these things. Okay. Not going to change that. You're probably not going to change that right in that moment. Because as we always say, you don't get through it unless you take the action and then you realize, oh, that, that was easy. So you feel those things, but then switching to that more logical part of the brain to say, okay, like this is the emotional part of me. Okay. Now what do I need to actually do? What is factual? What are the actual facts in front of me? This is just an email. This is just discomfort because I haven't done it before. And then continuing to take that action, as we always say. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the things I've learned um, from listening to both of you is um, that kind of no matter how far you go in building your business or, you know, it doesn't have to be that in other things in life, every time that you're reaching beyond your usual comfort zone, those same feelings are the ones that come up again. Um, and I've definitely experienced that, that those kind of uncomfortable feelings you get when you're first doing something um you're sort of a brand new copywriter going can I can I actually like charge someone for me to write for them and then you know um but then when you meet the next challenge on the face of it it's a much bigger thing it's a much it's a much bigger achievement you might be looking at than those first smaller achievements 
but it's exactly the same feelings. So as you're going through those smaller steps, you're training yourself to know how to manage those feelings. Um, and one of the things that I've really got out of being part of the next level group is that there are people around that table who are doing, you know, who are working a long way ahead of where I am. Um, and yet the questions that come up and the challenges that come up are exactly the same ones that I'm facing. Um, it's just, it's got a different number attached to it or it's on a slightly different scale or it's, you know, it's got maybe bigger consequences, both positive and negative, um, depending on how it works out. Um, but that is both a, yeah, I think primarily it's an encouragement that actually, you know, those things that you're dealing with right now, that is learning that is going to serve you no matter how far you take it. Um, but also, yeah, that you don't graduate out of mm -hmm. learning. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's growth, right? We're always going to be getting to, and if we didn't, how awful would life be truly? How boring would life be if we just got to a place and we just stayed there forever? Cause that's not living. That's just stagnation, but that, that gently expanding our comfort zone. It's a little uncomfortable at first that gets kind of that, that breaking out of the shell. Right. And it's, it's uncomfortable. And then you stay there for a while. And you enjoy that and you enjoy that level. And then you start to itch and go, oh, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to, to get to that next level. And then there's that breaking through again. And then you have some time where you get to enjoy being at that level, but it's, that's, that's us growing as, as human beings. And it's a challenging thing, but it's also the nature of being human. If we want to have lives where we feel, feel fulfilled and we enjoy ourselves, we balance out that, that fulfillment with a little bit of discomfort to get there. Nothing is worth it. If we didn't have to work a little bit to get there, that's what fulfillment is all mm -hmm. about. Don't you think? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if someone were interested in, in getting into copywriting, uh, in mm -hmm. getting started, what, what would you tell them? Um, I like it. <laughs> I really love the creative challenge of it, that it's not just, um, it's not just the creativity and the writing and the coming up with, you know, original ideas, but it's also a problem, problem solving. And um, so I sometimes, I have a lot of friends who are in um, like programming sort of roles. And I sometimes feel like I can relate to what they're doing because there is this thing where you have a certain result that you're trying to get to a certain output that you want to see. And you have things that you can use, you have tools that you can use to get there. Um, and just kind of constructing that piece of copy is really interesting. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Logical puzzle as well. So if someone is listening to this and they're thinking, Melissa, I love her. Her insight is so fantastic. I would love to hire her as a copywriter. Where can they find you? Um, so you can find me on my website, which is reallygreatcopy.com. I um, love that you own that. That's incredible. I, I own that. Yeah. When I was looking at websites, I just thought, I'm just going to type in some things and see if they're available. That's amazing. And it was, so you can find me there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, just search for my name, Melissa Russin. Um, yeah. Awesome. And we will put them for people listening in YouTube mm -hmm. below in the description and then obviously in the show notes for podcasts. So mm -hmm. yeah. 
Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Lots of lots of gems and gold and, and treasures for our, our listeners and our viewers. So we really appreciate you coming today. Um, yeah, you're very welcome. It's been lovely to be on. It's a real privilege. Um, again, I think when you're first starting in the CCA, there's these, these people who are like the people who go on the podcast and the people who become student coaches. I haven't done that. Um, and the people who go into the next level program and um, yeah, just kind of looking back and being like, oh yeah, that's me now. And it could be you. There you go. Love it. What a wonderful, tie it up in a bow. I love it. Perfect. And so with that, we will catch all of you in the next episode. Bye everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.